Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. I'm very excited about the month of February. We have the release of an alternative reality. It's going to be coming out at the end of February. Like we've told you, this was actually supposed to have been released in the latter part of the fall, but due to some production issues, timing things, uh, it just had to be postponed. And so it's going to be coming out at the end of this month. It's also a part of the curriculum for the Healing Academy, Volume 2. And so if you have not partaken of Volume 2, make sure to check that out. You can go to our website, chagonzalez.com, and join the Healing Academy. Uh, if you're not aware of what the Healing Academy is, it's training that we've put together. It will eventually be a part of uh, the training that we're going to do for an in-person uh, training center in London, England. But right now we're putting all of this online. We specifically geared this toward church small groups, but we have lots of individuals that are going through this as well. Uh, speaking of church small groups, if you are a church, if you're a pastor and you'd like to use this in your church, we've got a special church bundle uh, for the Healing Academy. So if you'll just message us, we will get you taken care of and get this into your church, uh, especially right now and everything that's going on. Lots of people are using video and, and doing groups online. This would be perfect uh, for those of you that are looking for some type of small group to do online. So messages, let us know. We'd love to help you out. Uh, we're also doing Healing Academy trainings uh, for churches in person. So again, if you're a church pastor, a church leader, uh, get in touch with us. We would love to come out to your place and do a training for your church, do a conference. Uh, we, we do not charge any type of fees or anything like that. Our ministry, we cover all of our expenses. We do not want to be a burden to any church. And so the way that we conduct ourselves, we just trust God that uh, he's going to supply what we need. We're going there covering all of our costs, and we use that. We look at that as sowing seed into that ministry and sowing it to the kingdom of God. And so we just trust that there's going to be a harvest uh, coming off of that. And we do that because we know the word says that there is. There's a harvest off of what we sow. So praise God. Let's get into today's episode. We're actually picking up where we left off last month, and we're doing an episode called When It Didn't Work the First Time. I've heard from a lot of people about this, that especially those of us that understand our authority, we understand the things that we should be experiencing in this world according to uh, our union with Christ and the promises that we have, the authority that we have. When we do those things and we don't see the results that we shouldn't, then there's a tendency to get frustrated, get upset. We begin to question why and wonder why. And I've heard back from a lot of people how much that this has really helped them because this, these are things that people are thinking about, talking about amongst themselves, but not necessarily in a public setting. And so last month we, we got into part one and we brought out the fact that, you know, when you, when you pray for someone, and you exert your authority, your dominion, and you don't get the result that you know you should have, well, there's usually three common positions that most people take. Number one, people take the, the position that it wasn't God's will. 
And number two, people take the position that it wasn't God's timing. And as we pointed out last episode, well, that's just a bunch of garbage. We know that it's God's will for people to be healed. And we know that God's timing is always right now. Why? Because the day of salvation is now. The time of salvation is now. And all of the wonderful benefits of heaven are now. We saw over in Ephesians chapter 1, over in verse 3, it says that every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is ours right now in Christ. So God's will, God's timing isn't the issue. And so as a result of that, and many of us that would consider ourselves to be you know, faith people, charismatic, spirit-filled, whatever you'd want to refer to us as, uh, most people are okay with number one and number two. That's not an issue. So where we usually go is number three in that we just assume that the other person wasn't in faith. Well, friend, let me ask you this. If you have someone come to you and ask you to minister to them, ask you to pray for them, well, wouldn't that be faith? I mean, they're coming to you and asking. I mean, it may not be on the level that you think that it should, but think about it, friend. Jesus said, just the faith of a mustard seed, just a little bit, it would move a mountain. And so this is where I've been kind of going over the years in that it would frustrate me. I mean, we've seen great results, but, you know, again, we're not seeing 100% all the time. Thank God we have seen times we've seen 100% in a service, but there's other times where we haven't seen that. There's times where, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, there's times when people have come to me, wanted me to minister to them, laid hands on them, prayed with them, put the life of God on the inside of them, but something didn't happen. It didn't work like we were supposed to get a result like we knew we should have. And in those situations, most people would say, well, I did my part. They must have not been in faith. But where I've been headed and where I've been seeing some things is that, well, everybody that came to Jesus got healed. They all came to Jesus, and there were some of them that wasn't, you know, in huge amounts of faith. We see where Jesus, you know, commended two people for having great faith. Well, if they had great faith and Jesus pointed it out, then it must mean that some of those other people that came to him didn't have great faith. They just had, you know, little faith or just a, a small amount of faith or a medium amount of faith. But even in those situations, there was always a result. So what is the issue? Well, when we take a step back and realize that in these situations, we are the deliverer. We are the healer. Now, I know that, uh, you know, at the very basis of it, you and I aren't the healer. We couldn't heal anything. It's the great big God on the inside of us. But we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, in, in these situations in the earth, we are Christ in the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the healer. We take the very same position that Jesus did when he was referring to the miracles and he said, I can do nothing of myself, right? He said, I can do nothing of myself. He says, the father on the inside of me that does the works. And yet, how many times do you see Jesus respond to a situation and tell people, I will come and heal them. I'll come do it. I'll heal them. Why? Because Jesus understood that the father was working and he was working. It was the Father on the inside of him, but in order for the Father to be able to work and move, Jesus had to work and move. So in one sense, it was one in the same. And so if you begin to view yourself as the deliverer, you view yourself as the hands and feet of Jesus, and we acted in dominion, we acted on our authority, and it didn't work. Well, then what do you do? 
Well, we got into this uh, in the last episode, and we found out that there is a fourth option. We, we, we don't even go the route of God's will, God's time, and we don't know that's not an issue. And yes, it, sometimes it could be an issue of someone not being in faith and not believing. But when people come to us, to me, I view that as even just a little bit of faith, an ounce of faith. So me as a deliverer, my responsibility, my responsibility as the ambassador of Christ in this situation for this person, my responsibility, if when I acted and it didn't work, my responsibility is to find out why it didn't work. And in order for that to happen, I cannot assume that it was God's fault. I have to make the assumption, and it will be the proper right assumption, that I'm missing it somewhere. So that fourth option is prayer. That fourth option is going and finding out from the Holy Ghost where it is that I'm missing it. Finding out from the Father what it is that He needs me to say or do so that we can get the needed result. And so we looked at the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman where the son had died. And Elisha sent Gehazi uh, with his staff and told Gehazi, put my staff on the boy. Uh, Elisha fully expected the boy to come back to life. The boy was dead. And Gehazi comes back and says, hey, boss, it didn't work. Well, what do you do in that situation? Do you just go tell the woman, well, just go your way, be believing? Or do you tell the woman, I'm sorry, it wasn't God's will, not God's timing? Well, no. What did Elisha do? Well, Elisha went to the house. He walked into the room, shut out uh, the mother and shut out Gehazi. And the Bible says that Elisha prayed. And then he turned around and he laid out on the boy. And it says that after he did that, he put his eyes to his eyes, his nose to his nose, hands to his hands. After he did that, says the boy came alive. He came alive. Well, how did Elisha know what to do? Well, obviously, it tells us he prayed, and he heard from the Father as to what to say and what to do. We see this very, very important principle in in the life of Jesus, in which Jesus said himself multiple times. You see it in John 5, John chapter 6, John chapter 8. Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. But we also see this situation happen with Jesus and the, uh, the madman of Gadara, when Jesus went to set that man free, I mean, Jesus specifically crossed the sea, went over there to set him free. And Jesus goes up to him. He takes authority and dominion. He tells the devil to get out. And you know what? Nothing happened. It didn't work. Well, what does Jesus do? Well, we didn't see Jesus have to go and pray. We know that Jesus, he was staying in constant contact, constant fellowship with the Father. And he was always prayed up in a sense. And so Jesus, hearing from the Holy Spirit, is told to ask the name of that demon. Now, how do I know that he he heard that from the Holy Spirit? Because we never see Jesus do this again. Now, I know that if you check out people on Facebook, social media, on TV, YouTube, you're going to see people with deliverance ministries and they have made it a doctrine out of asking, asking the demon-possessed person what the name is of the devil. You see people make a doctrine out of, you know, asking the devil's name and, and see people make it a doctrine out of bringing buckets because people got to throw up the demon. You don't see Jesus starting to throw up the, <laughs> throw up the demon ministry. You don't see Jesus starting a, 
you know, talk to the demon ministry. This was the one time out of all the times that we're told about Jesus casting out a devil, this was the one time, the only time that we are told that Jesus asked the name. Well, why did he do that? The Holy Ghost told him to. And in this situation, we find out that this is what was needed because when Jesus found out that it wasn't just one, it was a legion, Jesus dealt with it appropriately. And when he did, he got the needed result. So I told you in the last episode, I had some stories I was going to tell you. I wanted to give you some stories about some things that I've experienced firsthand in these type of situations in which, again, you exert your authority. We know what we should see. We step out on what we know as far as the promises and the word and the authority that we know. But you don't see the result immediately that you know that you should see. So what do you do? Well, uh, here's a couple of different situations in which one, this was in Poland. I was ministering uh, a church in Poland. We were doing a healing conference and there was a woman that came up. It was a Saturday night. We were doing three services. We did a Friday night, Saturday night, and a Sunday morning. And she came up on Saturday night and uh, her interpreting with the pastor Uh, She said that she was blind in her left eye, could not see. And so it wasn't necessarily an excuse uh, for me. But I mean, just honestly, I was so tired. I was still dealing with jet lag. I knew we were having the service in the morning. And so I just finished up with the service and she was waiting for me in the lobby with the pastor. And so I asked her, I said, hey, will you be here in the morning? And she said, yes. And I said, great. I said, I promise you we will minister to you tomorrow morning and we'll get your eye healed. And so left, went back to the hotel. We come back the next morning for service and we just had a tremendous service. Lots of people are getting healed. She comes up to the front. I recognize her from the night before. And so I immediately put my hands on her eye and I commanded that eye to open and nothing happened. And so I laid my hands on her eye again, commanded that eye to open and nothing happened. I did it a third time. And nothing happened. I'm getting mad. I mean, I'm getting ticked off right now. And by this point, things have gotten really, really quiet in the church. You know, when I went and laid hands on her the first time, we just had some other people healed and everybody was really, really excited. And and I had started pulling in uh, some other people to go around and, and minister to other people. And But by this point, it got really quiet because I was getting really loud because I was getting so mad because this eye was not opening. But I did that the third time. I laid hands on her, commanded to open a fourth time, a fifth time, nothing happened. I mean, I'm furious at this point, because I know I should be seeing this eye open. Well, I didn't give up. I laid hands on her a sixth time. I mean, six times in a row. And I mean, at this point, it is dead silent in this church auditorium. All eyes are here. Because my issue was, if I don't get a result here, goodness gracious, I mean, what is that going to do for the rest of the service? I laid hands on her six times, and I mean, I yelled, in the name of Jesus, I I command you to open. Well, thank God the thing opened. (laughs) On that sixth time in front of all those people. Well, you know, there was another situation that followed just a few minutes after that. There was a young girl that uh, she was around nine or 10 years old and she was going blind in both eyes. The mother told me that uh, her vision had been going over the years and the doctor said that eventually she would go blind. At the time, she had glasses on. Without the glasses, she couldn't really see much at all. 
I laid hands on that little girl and nothing happened. I laid hands on her the second time and you know what happened? Nothing. And yet on the inside, I didn't know what to do. And so um, I just kind of quietly said to myself, well, let me, let me back up. So when I laid hands on her the second time, when I laid hands on her the second time, immediately this thought came to my mind. I remembered when I was 14 years old. And when I was 14, we had, my family had saved up just enough money. Uh, we went on vacation. We went to Disney World in Orlando. Went to Disney for the very first time. It was actually the first real vacation we'd ever had. And while we were there in Orlando, uh, Benny Hinn still had his church there. And so my parents wanted to go to uh, visit that Sunday morning service. And so we went and the church was packed out. We were sitting in the overflow room. But I remember at 14 years old, I, I wore glasses. My vision was really, really bad uh, when I was growing up. I mean, right there at the point of being legally blind. And I remember sitting in that overflow room and Benny Hinn, toward the end of the service, he had made mention about, you know, if you, if you have any sickness or disease in your body, anything that needs to be uh, healed, put your hands on that part of the body. And so I remember at 14 years old, sitting there in that overflow room, I remember putting both of my hands over my right and my left eye as Benny Hinn prayed. And I remember when he got done praying, I took my hands off and there was no change in my eyes. And I remember being really, really disappointed. And it made me begin to question some things, you know, as a 14-year-old boy. Well, when I laid hands on this girl that was going blind there in Poland, when I laid hands on her, immediately the thought the reminder of what happened when I was 14 came to my mind. I mean, just in a flash, I saw myself there. And I remembered how I felt. And when I laid hands on this girl, I, I said it under my breath. This is what I said. Now, I'm not saying that this is, this is right or wrong, but this is just what happened in that moment. This is what I said. I said, Father, I do not want this girl to feel the way that I did. And I'm asking you for my sake, I need this to happen because I don't want her to feel the way I did when I was 14. And I laid my hands on her and nothing immediately happened, but it just rose up on the inside of me and I said it out loud to her and her mother. I said, when you go home this afternoon, by the time you get home this afternoon, you will see a change in your eyes. And she smiled, I gave her a hug and the mom said, thank you. Well, I'm in Poland. And I was leaving that evening, and so I haven't had a ch chance to, you know, check my emails or Facebook messages or anything like that. And then I was actually heading to Kenya. I was going to Nairobi, Kenya to be with my friend Vidar and minister at a, a healing conference, faith and healing conference there in Kasumu, Kenya. So I was going the whole week, didn't have access to any of my, my messages. So a week later, I get home, get back here to the U.S., and I'm checking my messages, and I got a message from that little girl's mother, the girl in Poland that was going blind. And the mother messaged me and told me that by the time they got home, she was seeing without her glasses, and, uh, and her, her vision was back to normal. Well, thank God for that, you know. Uh, we didn't see anything happen that first time, but as I was uh, praying, some things came up. Well, let me tell you about some other stories, though, that didn't go... <laughs> necessarily according to plan, 
And it calls me to, to spend a little time praying. You know, there was a, a story that I've told many times about this man that had a broke back. And this was on an Easter Sunday. This was our church when we were in Texas. This man had a broken back and he came. And my wife, Lacey, she was walking through the lobby of the church. And this couple walks in and stops her. And Lacey had introduced herself. They recognized her. And, and so the man spoke up and said, look, the only reason we're here is to get healed. We've been hearing about all the miracles that's been taking place at this church, and we just came to get healed. And so they kind of told uh, Lacey the backstory. And so the backstory was that he was a roofer uh, five years prior, and he had fallen through a roof and broken his back. And the doctors had done all that they could do. They, they fused a couple of the spine and done some different procedures, but never were able to completely fix it. As a result, he was unable to work. He was in uh, just chronic pain. Uh, he'd gain a large amount of weight. And so here walks this, in this man and wife with Lacey. He could barely walk. Uh, he couldn't sit down without help. He couldn't get up out of a chair without help. Lacey comes in there, walks straight up on the platform. And she's just, she's really good at putting me on the spot here. And she walks up on the platform, stops the praise and worship and says, Hey, everyone, this man and his wife came and they need a miracle. We're going to have Pastor Chad come down here and uh, minister to him and get him healed. Well, I've never met the man. I don't know anything about him at all. I'm hearing it for the first time from Lacey. And so I walked up there, and I'd been, I'd been spending some time just meditating on some things that Smith Wigglesworth had been uh, teaching. I was reading about in his book, Ever Increasing Faith. Uh, if you never read that, I highly encourage you to get that. Uh, and so, you know, I wasn't necessarily in healing mode at that point. In my mind, I mean, we were just worshiping and enjoying our time of praise and worship. And so I, I did something that I've, I've been doing ever since. I just stepped off the plank and put myself out there, you know. And so I, I said, who here has never seen a miracle? you never seen a miracle. you never seen anybody get healed. And there was a couple of hands that went up in the back. And there was a couple of uh, college students. We were there in College Station at Texas A&M University. And. There's a couple of students that was there from Texas A&M, raised their hand. It was three girls. And I said, well, y'all come up here to the front. I want you to watch this and see this up close. And so they come up there. And so the man with the broke back, he comes up. I did what I normally would do with someone who had some back issues. I laid my hands on his back, put the power of God in there. And then I said, well, bend over and check it out. Well, he bends over. And when he comes up, I mean, there's tears coming out of his eyes, but they're not tears of joy. They are tears of pain. Now, when he bends over, everyone in the crowd, they start clapping. They think he got healed. Well, you know, this is where you find out if you're a man or a mouse. <laughs> you find out if you actually believe what you say you, you believe. And I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I'm just being very uh, open and transparent here. The thought immediately came to my mind. This. Well, I could just you know, act like he was healed and just tell it, you know, and whisper to him and say, brother, just, just go believing. We'll be believing with you. Just stay in faith. I could have done that, saved my pride and reputation because everybody thought he was healed. You know, or I could have told him, well, you know, I just want you to come back at the end of service, come to my office. We'll spend some time praying with you. I could have told, told him that and there wouldn't have been anything wrong with that. But my problem was I just told these three girls, if you've never seen a miracle, come up here and watch. I mean, friend, what are you going to do with that? I put myself out there. 
I got my reputation on the line, God's reputation on the line. And it's Easter Sunday. This place is packed out, you know. So I didn't know what to do with this situation. And, you know, not that I've got it all together uh, now. I, I certainly don't. But back then, we were just getting started, just figuring some things out. Green as green can be. And so I told everyone, let's just lift our hands and begin to pray in the Spirit. I didn't know what else to do. So while we're all, you know, praying in tongues, I, under my breath, I said, God, I don't know what to do, but I need you to get me out of this. Because I'd put myself out there trying to be a, a man of faith and be bold and courageous in this. And so while, while I'm praying in tongues, all of a sudden on the inside of me, uh, I was reminded of this song called How He Loves Us by the David Crowder band. And our band was still up on the stage. And so I looked at him and I said, hey, let's sing this song, you know, How He Loves Us. And, and I knew they knew the song. So we began to sing that as a congregation. And at this point, we had had the, the man with the broke back. We had had him sit down in a chair because I knew he was in a lot of pain. And so we're just singing the song about how he loves us, how God loves us. And as we're singing that, I got a word of knowledge about this man, about this man and his family. And so I stopped the music and I looked at the man. He's sitting in the chair in front of me. And I looked at the man and I said, sir, I could be wrong. I, I, I could miss it here. But this is just what I'm picking up on the inside. I said, I don't mean to embarrass you or anything, but were you abused as a child by your family? Well, I mean, he just, tears start welling up in his eyes and he just starts cr just crying and bawling like a baby. And he said, yeah. And I said, because of the way that you were treated and, and what you went through uh, with your parents, you took those same feelings and you put that on God and didn't feel like you were, you were worth uh, being healed, that you were good enough to be healed. And he said, well, yeah. Well, see, that was the hangup. That was the thing that was, that was stopping the power from working there. I mean, the guy obviously came in faith. I mean, he had been hearing about the miracles and, and him and his wife, they came on Easter Sunday and walked in and tells my wife, the only reason we're here, <laughs> not because we love the church, not because we love the pastors preaching. The only reason we're here is to get a miracle. So there's faith there. And I did my part. And nothing happened. Well, but as we begin to pray, and I'm seeking God as to what to do, I get a word of knowledge about this situation. And I find out this is the hindrance. There, there's, a, there's, some, there's some tweaking in his belief that we need to take care of. This is the hindrance. We got to remove it. See, that's my job. That's our job as the deliverer in, in this type of situation. It's our responsibility to hear from heaven what to say and what to do. And so as, as I began to find out what that issue was, and we began to deal with it, I took literally about five minutes right there in front of all those people talking to him, and I began to talk to him about the love of God and how much God loves us. It has nothing to do, you know, with what we've done, what we will ever do, you know, God's love for us. It is, it is unconditional, you know. And so I, I dealt with that. And so when I got done you know, give him a, a little mini teaching on the love of God. I told him, I said, now that we've got that out of the way and that we have that understanding of God's love, this is what I want you to do. We're going to all sing that song again together about how much God loves us. And I want you to sing that with, with that in mind. And he said, okay. So I had my left hand on his 
left shoulder. I lifted up my right hand. And myself, this man, and the congregation, we began to sing this again about how much God loves us. And we sung that through a couple of verses. And as we're singing, all of a sudden, I feel my left hand begin to move up. Now, I didn't pray again for this guy. I didn't lay hands on this guy again. I just had my left hand on him. We're just worshiping. We're singing unto God. I felt my left hand moving up. I opened my eyes, and this large man, who it took me and two other ushers to help him get into the chair, this large man stands up on his own, bends down, touches his toes, and he's completely healed. Completely healed. Completely healed. And I, I love this story. I'm so thankful that it happened this way. Because I learned so much from that situation. Number one, I learned not to give up and give in. Number two, I learned not to blame uh, that other person and just assume that they weren't in faith. Number three, I found out very quickly that the Holy Spirit, he is the revealer of truth and he wants to reveal truth. He wants to show us what the hangups, what the hindrances are in these type of situations. If we would only ask, And if we would only expect to hear and expect to receive and realize our position in this matter, that we, we are the deliverer in these situations. And it's up to us to hear from heaven as to what we are to say and what we are to do. Well, I've got so many other stories I would love to share with you, but uh, we're out of time uh, for this month. We'll tell you some more stories and, and episodes to come. I've got some really, really good ones. Uh, in in regards to me and my dog and getting that dog healed of cancer. And so uh, maybe we'll tell you about that one on the next episode. But anyway, hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in, listening. Thank you so much for sharing this with your friends and just helping us to see the Supernatural Life podcast grow uh, more and more each and every single month. For those of you that aren't a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, we would love for you to be a part. We're still in the midst of translating all these different books and different languages of the countries that we're going to be going to this year. We've got some good things in store. So anyway, if you could, we'd love for you to be a part of the dream team. You can go to chagonzalez.com and you can hook up with us. Make sure you check out the Healing Academy and go check out our YouTube channel. That's growing day by day as well. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. God bless you. Remember that in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.